Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Scholes. This week we're rejoining the story of the Sleeping Beauty in the Wood, and we've left off with the young girl has been cursed by the Forgotten Fairy, and her father, in his infinite wisdom as king, decided to outlaw spinning with a spinning wheel in order to try to save her from the 100 years of sleep. And she's grown up. And as she's grown up, she has been running around the castle, entertaining herself, and found an old woman in a tower with a spinning wheel. This is The Sleeping Beauty in the Wood, Part 2. What are you doing there, Goody? said the princess. I am spinning, my pretty child, said the old woman, who did not know who she was. Ah, said the princess, this is very pretty. How do you do it? Give it to me that I may see if I can do so. She had no sooner taken it into her hand than, whether being very hasty at it, somewhat unhandy, or that the decree of the fairy had so ordained it, it ran into her hand and she fell down in a swoon. The good old woman, not knowing very well what to do in this affair, cried out for help. People came in from every quarter in great numbers. They threw water upon the princess's face, unlaced her, struck her on the palms of her hands, and rubbed her temples with hungry water, but nothing would bring her to herself. And now the king, who came up at the noise, bethought himself of the prediction of the fairies, and judging very well that this must necessarily come to pass, since the fairies had said it, caused the princess to be carried into the finest apartment in his palace, and to be laid upon a bed all embroidered with gold and silver. One would have taken her for a little angel, she was so very beautiful, for her swooning away had not diminished one bit of her complexion. Her cheeks were carnation and her lips were coral, indeed her eyes were shut, but she was heard to breathe softly, which satisfied those about her that she was not dead. The king commanded that they should not disturb her, but let her sleep quietly till her hour of awakening was come. The good fairy, who had saved her life by condemning her to sleep a hundred years, was in the kingdom of Matakin, twelve thousand leagues off, when this accident befell the princess. But she was instantly informed of it by a little dwarf, who had boots of seven leagues, that is, boots with which he could tread over seven leagues of ground in one stride. The fairy came away immediately, and she arrived about an hour after, in a fiery chariot drawn by dragons. The king handed her out of the chariot, and she approved everything he had done, but as she had very great foresight, she thought when the princess should awake she might not know what to do with herself, being all alone in this old palace, and this is what she did. She touched with her wand everything in the palace, except for the king and queen. Governesses, maids of honor, ladies of the bedchamber, gentlemen, officers, stewards, cooks, undercooks, scullions, guards, with their beef-eaters, pages, footmen, she likewise touched all the horses which were in the stables, pads as well as others, the great dogs in the outward court, and pretty little Mopsy too, the princess's little spaniel which lay by her on her bed. Immediately upon touching them, they all fell asleep that they might not awake before their mistress, and that they might be ready to wait upon her when she wanted them. 
The very spits at the fire, as full as they could hold of partridges and pheasants, did fall asleep also. All this was done in a moment. Fairies are not long in doing their business. And now the king and the queen, having kissed their dear child without waking her, went out of the palace and put forth a proclamation that nobody should dare to come near it. This, however, was not necessary, for in a quarter of an hour's time there grew up all around about the park such a vast number of trees, great and small, bushes and brambles, twining one within another, that neither man nor beast could pass through, so that nothing could be seen but the very tops of the towers of the palace, and that, too, not unless it was a good way off. Nobody doubted but the fairy gave herein a very extraordinary sample of her art, that the princess while she continued sleeping, might have nothing to fear from any curious people. And that is part two of The Sleeping Beauty in the Wood. I always found it disturbing that the fairy and the king and the queen make this unilateral decision to freeze everybody else in the castle, and indeed, even the animals. But it is a fairy tale, and we're coming close to the end of the fairy tale that has been adapted thus far. When we rejoin the story on Wednesday, a hundred years will have passed. This is Dan Scholes with the Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Folktale Project. You can find us on Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you like to listen. And you can always head over to folktaleproject.com. We'll find a new story waiting for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. As always, thank you so much for listening. <laughs>